Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Married People Podcast, where we want to make marriage real, fun, and simple. This week, we're asking the question, what if my spouse is more introverted or extroverted than I am? I'm CJ, and as always, I'm excited to be sitting here with Afton. Oh, I don't get any kind of intro anymore. <laughs> our formerly, our formerly newly wedded, but still Thank married, you. just a still marriage veteran. Slightly Afton. longer than newlywed, Afton. Hi. And our marriage expert, our marriage guru, Ted Lowe. Hi. And this week on the Married People Podcast, we are excited to be talking about uh, introverted spouses and extroverted spouses. And what do we do if your spouse is more introverted or extroverted than you are? Because that is definitely something that plays a uh, plays a role in all of our marriages. Right, Ted? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And we've talked about this around the table for a while off and on. So we thought, let's just dive in. This is worth a whole episode of just how people are wired differently when it comes to where they get energy from people or whether that people take that energy away. So introvert is defined as I get energy from being alone, from being by myself, hanging with myself, where extroverts get energy from being with other people. But it turns out, CJ and Afton, there is a third category that I'm pretty excited about this. Okay. Well, Thank before goodness. you dive into that I'm not going to dive in yet, but yeah, that's good. So the saying is true, opposites attract, right? That's pretty true for the most part in your experience, Ted? Anecdotally, I think so. I mean, I can't prove that, but more times than not, it feels like we're drawn to somebody that's different from us. Uh, there's different theories on why we do that. Like they have this thing that I desire. And once we get married, I'll somehow absorb that and be that. You know, mm-hmm. so an introvert marries an extrovert thinking, oh, I'm going to feel better at parties. And then they get right. married and they feel worse because now <laughs> right. they have to go to them. Because you just don't feel, I don't feel like you hear like, oh, the, two extroverts marry each other all two, that often. Yeah. I was going to ask that same question. Marry yeah. all that often. I'm, I mean, I know it does happen, obviously, but uh, for the most part in my friend groups and small groups and maybe your experience is similar, Afton, mm-hmm. it's almost Almost always, one or the one, other, one or the other yes. are well. Each each individual one is married. Yeah. So Afton, talk about yours. I'm definitely. I lean towards extrovert. Here's a common misconception. Okay. okay. Let me just. Okay. You know. You okay. know how this goes. All right. And this is the part where. <laughs> Let me stop hey, again. What, what is? Oh, is that your soapbox you just pulled out? <laughs> wow, that's huge. Okay. All right. Well, this is gonna be a minute, folks. Brought it with me today. <laughs> Here, here's the. Th- Thing, though I think it is a very common misconception that you if you are charismatic or if you like to talk or if you are comfortable being around people or you when you're in public settings you're the life of the party that that means you're extroverted right, right. because that's not what it means and so it's good that you define it early on because I think people can look at couples and say like oh she's the extrovert and he's the introvert mm. when because, in reality because i am the life of the party right but i'm an in, uh, i'm an introvert well, after, right right i think right? like in your case opposite <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> in your case opposite okay but in my case yes i'm always the life of the party but i i'm really drained after experiences with people so i think it's a good distinction to say like you can't always judge your friends by how they seem to be in public settings, but I'm definitely, I lean towards being extroverted, but I really do still need my alone time. Like I Mm. still really like to go to my room and close the door. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. What about you guys? You and, uh, so I am 
definitely introverted. Um, 100%. I, and I probably fit the stereotype introvert <laughs> where I do like quiet, closed off spaces and I recharge without other people around. Terry is, uh, she was definitely an extrovert in college. And I think she's, she's kind of uh, over the years we've been married, seen the value in being an introvert and has moved a little closer to that side, yeah. but sure. she's definitely she definitely is probably still defined as she is. She's still defined as an extrovert, uh, I would say, but has some introverted tendencies. Gotcha. What needs to love my wife is a people think because she can be on stage and in front of a lot of people and she's loud and she's animated and, uh, very comfortable there that she is this crazy extrovert and she's really not. In fact, for years, We'd be places and she'd go walk off stage and I'd have people that didn't know her go, what's wrong? Is, is she okay? <laughs> One guy actually used these words, what's wrong with her? Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they think, because they think she's going to be who she is on stage, off stage. And yeah. so she always goes, I'm always so disappointing. <laughs> I go, but it took me a long time to really appreciate how fascinating that was about her, right? Because yeah. at first I'd be like, you need to be a little bit more friendly, because, in other words, you need to be a little bit more extroverted like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was it really turned when I went, wow, isn't it fascinating that she's wired like that? Mm-hmm. But I think it, we think what extroversion is one thing that it's, like you said, loud, life of the party, and then introverts are quiet and shy. When in actuality, it's really this whole thing of where, what gives you energy. And I know that's a weird word on a Christian mm-hmm. podcast, but like where... What, where are you f- filled up? Yeah, where does it fill you up? Does it fill you up to be with people or does, or does it, drain it drain you? you? Yeah. But I'm kind of excited about this third category. Is this a good time to yeah, launch so, this? Yeah, you teased this uh, a few minutes ago. So yeah. tell us, so there's introvert, extrovert, and then there, I'm guessing there's some sort of other vert. But tell us what's going on here. It's called ambivert, A-M-B-I-vert, ambivert. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Ambivert. Yeah. And so I, I've not heard it's of this someone who, uh, Ambivert is someone who exhibits both qualities of introversion or extroversion, depending on the situation and people that are involved. And studies are showing, and this is a wide gap, it says that people are identifying one half to two thirds of people would say, I'm an ambivert. And they say, how do you know if you're one? Like, so if somebody's listening right here, there's just kind of a few questions that you could ask. If you say yes to the following questions, you may be. Uh, okay. Do you crave alone time, but also love people? Which often I think that's what you were I think saying. I might be this. Yeah. It says, do certain situations slash people make you feel outgoing while other situations and people make you feel quiet reserved? Yes. Anytime I'm at work, I'm like super outgoing. And then right when I get with my sister, I'm like, meh, you can, it can be, it can be about you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's just very transparent. Very that's transparent. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that to her face. Hey, no, that's great. Proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. The question is, do you struggle with these labels of introvert, extroverts? Well, I struggle with all labels of all types. That's true, because you're a millennial. Yeah, because millennials. I hate labels too. And that's, I worked at a place where they were really into, I think it's Myers-Briggs that gives you the, is it, or the, which, which profile gives you? and INFJ. Is that Myers-Briggs? Yes. Well, here's why I hated it, because I was, you take the test and I was, I was an I, I was an introvert. And so you got everything that came with that label. Oh, you're like this because you're an introvert. And I'm like... No, there's no room for gray there. It drives drive me a little bit crazy. And so that's for me, like, to go, depending on the situation, I'm sitting here with you with guys, I'm doing great. You put me in different situations. You send me to like a community 
you know, party mm-hmm. of people I don't know in our neighborhood. And I would rather be hit in the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like to make up those, I mean, Nate and I are both really awkward in those situations. <laughs> where both, like, have we been here long enough? You know, it's just, oh, this yeah. is awful. Yeah. Um, I mean, we just were in a situation just like, just like that. Our oldest one's in a brand new high school and we want to get plugged in and know some parents and stuff. But the process of that and go into this tailgate with all these parents that we don't know and new kids, it was like, Oh, this is the worst. Mm-hmm. It makes me very feel very, very introverted. It makes I, I was not getting any energy. It was completely drained when it was over. Mm-hmm. We just wanted it to be over. So mm-hmm. that's what I resonate with the most. What about you guys on those definitions? Which category do you like? Extrovert, ambivert, or introvert? And I guess just to add a little bit more clarity. So you're saying ambivert, though, is not like you're in between an introvert and an extrovert, like there's a line and you're right in the middle of it. Ambivert is, hey, depending on the situation, you're going to be on the right side of the line or the left side of the line. You're going to be on the extroverted side or the introverted side, right? Perfect clarification. It's depending on the people and the situation. It's going to depend on whether you're introverted or you feel mm-hmm. extra, more extroverted. So that's a great, that's a great clarification. Uh, I could I could sit here right now and say I'm still definitely an introvert. Yeah. Based on Me these too. questions, I not that I say that not that you. I don't love people. I mean, people are nice, but right. they're nice in their own homes. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you want them away from <laughs> right. you being nice. Right. I love pe- I love when people are in their own homes. That's how Hudson is too. Hudson is such an introvert that this is a this is a true thing that I feel like maybe I've told y'all before. If I spring it on him that we're going somewhere or see, like somehow plans have changed or someone's coming over the house and it's a little bit unexpected. And by unexpected, I mean like five hours ahead of time. Like, That's very unexpected. And it, mm. it like throws him off. He's like, oh, yeah. what do you mean they're coming over for dinner? I'm not mentally prepared to have them <laughs> over for dinner. And I'm, I'm like, yeah. you, it's noon. You've got some time. <laughs> but Hudson's like me. And mm. he probably doesn't want to be put in, in my box all too often. But <laughs> I will say this. He needs like a two-week yes. run, runway. It's got to be on the calendar. Like he has to totally. look at the calendar and go, okay, that day someone coming over and I'm speaking to them. CJ, what does that do for you to go? I, when I have time, do you just like, you can dread it longer? Can, like, how does can, that help? <laughs> I can, I can mentally and emotionally prepare. I can, I can flank the day with, you know, a few other like life giving things. For instance, it's not, it's not like a tour. It's not a time of torture. Okay, Nobody's here, waterboarding it sounds like it may be, Here's the like, thing. You like just if, have to speak to another you know person. I'm actually afraid of what I, you have to do to I prepare will, for these days. I will turn this podcast around if we keep if we keep pointing <laughs> in my direction. Okay, we'll we'll talk about somebody else in a second. But what I'll say is that, like for instance, if we ha- have an event where we're traveling to visit people for a weekend, like we have a big calendar in our room, and we'll like mark off if we can, like the weekend before and the weekend after, as just like life giving margin weekends because it would just drain me to like be have thing after thing after thing weekend weekend you know weekend in a row. So we could look at like okay, we're going here on this weekend, but hey, we're gonna be home. You know, you know, the weekend before and the weekend after. So you've got some time to fill up, and then we do this thing, you know, and it's going to drain you. But then you're going to get to fill up again the next weekend. Okay, I feel like CJ. I feel like every episode, I keep learning from you. Like these things that you and Terry have done that have been so intentional. I'd love to say it's because of this podcast, but I feel like. Um, no, it's because he had to plan everything out ahead of time. He can that, have no surprises. Well, that's what makes me, to, when I hear people that have got those kind of plan, that, that's so smart. And it's so relationship building and protecting. 
just as a side note, but I think it applies. Yeah, yeah. Why is that the case? I feel like when you share stories that you guys have been talking and processing and have plans in place, is it because you are an organizer and you're a planner and that makes that good? Because I want to know what's in you that has made this played such to the favor of your marriage. Uh, I think it's, I think we've just done it wrong, you know, a, a handful of times where it's just like we have, we've booked, you know, an entire month where we had something every single weekend. We have a, you know, we lead, you know, students and groups. So we got this, this weekend is, you know, a, a camp at church for students. The next weekend is we're visiting someone, you know, in North Carolina. The next weekend we have a wedding and then the next weekend is X, Y, Z. And it's just like, and by the end of that, we've, we get to the end of that and, we realized we haven't hung out in a really long time mm. and I haven't been home to like recoup and, you know, re-energize and we end up, you know, in a not great place. So I think it's just, okay, how do we fix this? We need to create some margin. I love it. So for you, what are those things that you flank around? I think we were just flank. Yeah, I love yeah. the word flank. Um, <laughs> I don't like that. You don't like flank. No. I'm sorry. I just, it was in the moment. I couldn't think of a different word. I love the word. Anyway, I love it. <laughs> uh, the word flank. What is, what are the things that you do that are going to go, okay, I'm going to be able to go be at this wedding and do the smoothie reception thing <laughs> because I did a, I'll have my tank full. What are those things? What are you? the things that fill yeah, me up? Yeah, what fill you up? It's the Friday night, you know, Terry, we're going to make pizza and we're going to watch something. It's Saturday morning. We sleep in, we make pancakes together Then we've got the day to do whatever we're doing. And then, you know, that, you know, again, that night we're doing something, but it's just, it's the, it's the nothing planned quality time that fills me up for sure. Mm. And it does Terry as well. So that's interesting because she is a person. Yeah. And so we're talking about that people either give you energy or take away. So she's the exception from the introverted rule is what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah. Or yes. do you ever just need, I need to just well, CJ time. I know we're really diving in deep here, but I mean, I'll, I get up re relatively early, so I'll have a few hours usually in the morning to, you know, do my own thing before Terry gets up, comes downstairs and then we start our, you know, quality time. But when you're traveling and stuff and you're both usually waking up at the same time in the morning to go to that wedding or to hang out with friends or family or whatever, like all of a sudden I had no quality time to myself. I had no quality time with Terry that weekend mm. because we were with other people and that's when my tank starts to run run dry. Gotcha. But you're smart to think about your tanks. I think yeah. Sandra Stanley talked about that on her episodes yeah, yeah. that they don't look, just look at the day, that they look at the season. Mm -hmm. go, okay, what around this is going to make this and, we have breathing room? And it's just, it's it's an event on our calendar. You know what I mean? Yeah, you put it's it on like, there. Like, it's an event like, oh, we can't do that because we're we've got another commitment and it's margin. I love that. After, what about Hudson? What are those things that you know, give him energy if it's not people. Hmm. Watching movies. He loves to watch movies. Like the Lord but that's things. great because it is like an individual activity that he'll do by himself, but it's also something I can do if like I'm just there and it still feels like an individual activity. Hmm. So he watches movies a lot when he has margin. Right. But yeah, I feel like like Hudson's the same way as you are, CJ. Like he is, he needs introverted time, but I feel like I'm an exception to the rule mm. as far yeah, as yeah. like him being alone. Like I feel like if we're together, it doesn't feel like that's his people time, right? Or yeah. that he's being drained by it in any way. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely the same way. I mean, I'll have a, I need a few moments in the morning to refuel myself, mm. but hanging out with my wife is also refueling. Yeah. You know? Because she does know me so well, she knows that she's not going to walk downstairs and we're going to have, you know, an hour long conversation about something. It's just, we're both hanging out in the same room for a little while. Mm -hmm. You know gotcha. what I mean? Yep. 
I know a lot of men, they'll, you know, their wives are frustrated or he's frustrated saying, I want her to spend time with me. She's like, well, when I'm with you, you're just watching TV or you're reading or whatever. But for him, that is being with her. Like, mm-hmm. I want you in the room. I want you with me. I want that. There is something about physical presence to a lot of people, be it men or women, that I just like your presence, I like you being in the room. And I think that's a good point. A lot of times uh, our spouse is the exception to the rule. So after, would you say you think you're an ambivert? Is that what you- Yeah, I think I'm definitely an ambivert. I did the like the Myers-Briggs twice because I got a job and then I moved or I graduated, I don't know, I graduated or something. I ended up taking Myers-Briggs twice in the span of like three years and I got opposite things. You did? Yeah. The first time I took it, I got like ENFP and the second time I took it, I got like INFJ and I was like, this seems like an inaccurate test. Because <laughs> how do you get opposite? And especially introvert and extrovert, I was like, that's surprising. But I was mm. borderline before. Where, like they tell yeah, you how close you are to it. So even yeah. when I was extroverted, I was pretty borderline. And the second time I took it, I was borderline, but more on the introverted side. Right. So I just feel like mm. I just feel like there's also like seasons where your you change and mm. your circumstances change and that has an effect on how you operate for a while. You know, like if you're in a really busy season of work, you learn mm. how to, you learn how to figure out how to get energy from being around people. Cause that's all you have. Yeah. You mm. don't, you don't have a choice really a, lo- mm. a lot of times or you don't have a lot of alone time. So you just figure it out. So I just feel like sometimes you, you it can ebb and flow a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- the reality is we're wired a certain way. Our spouse is wired a certain way. Situations can make us feel like we're wired in a different way. So I, I think when I saw the ambivert, I thought that that's it, especially for so many people. I know for me, I'm going, that's, that's more accurate for me. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you said, I'm, I'm a diehard introvert and we all know people that are diehard extroverts. I think the thing is the reality or the truth is that th- these personality differences really are great opportunities to communicate this idea of unconditional love. That when we have a spouse that doesn't want to be around people or does want to be around people, we have these opportunities to serve that and to think about that and process that. And you and Terry have done a great job of planning your lives around that and calendaring around that. But it's, they're so important to know these things about each other because mm-hmm. a lot of times we can be so frustrated with a spouse if we have not processed who they are. And not only that kind of celebrated who they are, mm-hmm. like. For me, for so long, wanting Nancy to be more extroverted because I thought it, what it was this whole idea of celebrating introverts is pretty new. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. It was like you know, you got to be you know seven ways to influence uh, people. You know, yeah, yeah. and that that's book a good point. Came out quiet, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, mm. which is pretty recently because Hudson was telling me that the whole time he was growing up, he he was so introverted and he was re- he was really shy growing up and then everyone was like you need to snap out of it you need to be better at being around people you need to mm. be able to yeah. you know you need to, have you need to be skills. socialized yes you need to mm-hmm. yes socialize mm. and that that book quiet like really changed his life because it was like it's okay to want to be in the quiet it's okay to be a quiet person like that's okay that's who you are it's good Right. But it, it is so new. Like, it really is. If there's mm. people in the world that have grown up thinking 
it's not okay that they're quiet. They or, learn some people skills. Yeah, That's what you hear like growing yes. up. Learn some people skills. I mean, yeah. my dad is very, very quiet. And growing up, I was like, you know, my mom's side of the family was very, very loud. It was like I would go to my dad's side of the family <laughs> and you could hear people's fork clinging on the plates <laughs> during the meal and everyone's quiet and struggling what to say. You go to my mom's side and it's like this loud Italian type of situation going on. Everybody loved hard and talked hard. They get really, really mad, really, really sweet and all these different things. And it was like, whoa, it's just mm. two different worlds. And, in the, and both are okay. But we're just now saying introverts, it's okay. So to the point when, when we were first married, we were in ministry. So I thought it was was more pastoral for her, or she'd be a better if she would be more extroverted. Because, uh-huh. you know, I was working the crowd with kids. How you doing? Welcome. So glad you're here. <laughs> Remember names. And she wasn't doing that. And to me, that felt wrong. Uh-huh. So I've really loved, and it has freed me up as a spouse to finally get to say, she is so fascinating. She is so fascinating that the stage is okay. It's more than okay, mm-hmm. but then she gets quiet. And so I feel protective of her, like, mm-hmm. yeah. but I also feel, get to celebrate that. Yeah. And it's good too. It's, yeah. it's so good to have, for me, for us at least, it's like good to feel that balance. Mm. Cause I think before we got married or before you had someone in your life that was different than you are, you, you, you didn't really feel that kind of pull or you didn't see the value in being quiet. Like I didn't really see a lot of value in being quiet. I was always trying to be around people and I had severe FOMO. I'm like, I just have to be wherever anybody is because I don't want to miss out on anything that's going on. And I think now, you know, being connected to somebody like that, you can see the value in just being quiet and what it does for you, you know? Sure. And not only see the value in it, but like in those situations, like Ted, you were saying, hey, you know, you would come off stage or whatever, and you'd have that. There's a, there'd be tension before you learn to value, you know, Nancy's introvert, introverted side. Right. And I think you know, a more common situation, you know, cause Hey, you know what, Ted, not all of us are on stage, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, when you're at a, a relative's house or you're at a friend's house, we all still feel that same tension sometimes with our spouse when they're not acting the way we mm. want them to, they're not right. engaging with your friends or they're not engaging with your side of the family the same way you, you do, or you want them to, or you think they should. But, and the, sometimes that comes across or it's communicated as you don't care. And that's something that Terry's done a really good job of when I go visit her side and I'm sitting in a corner or I'm doing my own thing or I I needed to, you know, go out for a run. And then Terry's really good at, you know, being back at the house and just, you know, not, uh, she's good at not almost, this is too strong of a word, but probably shaming me for, for needing that. And instead she values that and communicates that to the family as well. Right. And you kind of feel protective maybe in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm not doing a super great job of explaining it, but you can definitely tell when your spouse doesn't value whether you're introverted Mm. or extroverted. And it tends to come up the most, I think, in some of those social situations with friends and family. And helping them. I think that's so important, CJ. I'm so glad you said that because what I've done over the years with, with Nancy is they see what a great mom she is. They see what a hard worker she is. They see all these things. And for me to be able to say, you know, she likes some alone time or she likes some Mm -hmm. downtime or she likes to be quiet. They get it. Mm -hmm. They get it. My dad is very much the same way. So not only does he get it, he's like, thank goodness there's another one of us, Mm -hmm. you know, in this scene. (laughs) But it's even watching my stepmom talk about Nancy and my stepmom's very extroverted. And she talks about it in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. Like if we're trying to, we're trying to load up two families in two different automobiles and Nancy ends up by herself. And my stepmom the other day, she goes, that's okay. She, she likes being by herself. So (laughs) I love that, that she knows her more, feels like she can love her more and not Mm -hmm. feel like, Hey, are you mad at us? Are you frustrated with 
us. Yeah. So I think that's a great thing that we get to be the advocate for our spouse, with, especially yeah. with our families to go, hey, this isn't personal. This is just, this is just how they're wired. Because yeah. I'll watch Nancy, like on the front end of trips, she's talkative. You know, she's talking, talking, talking. By the end, she's <laughs> all done. Like, yeah. she, I got, she's literally looked at me more for, I've got no more words. It's like there's a literal number for her. Yeah. <laughs> right. yep. There's no, I'm sorry. I'd, I'd love to be able to say more words, but yeah. they're, I'm out. It happens to you too, CJ, on this podcast. Right. And I'm, guys, talking. we got to keep this podcast going because I'm about to hit my limit. I've, <laughs> talk, I've talked a lot in this episode already. <laughs> So, so Ted, how do we make this idea? Because this is somewhat of a big idea and learning how to value your spouse's, you know, introvertedness or extrovertedness and what do you do and how do we make this big idea practical? Yeah. Well, I, here's a couple of things. Let's, let's talk first uh, with extroverts who are married to introverts and now the ambiverts, you're going to have to shift your way of thinking depending on the situation of the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These, these don't change if you're an ambivert, but it's, it's, Hey, which question is it? Is it the, you know, introvert talking to an extrovert in that moment or is an extrovert talking to an introvert in that moment? Exactly. Because you're so, both. So right now let's start with extroverts who are married to introverts. Um, as extroverts, we have to know that introverts often t- need time to process. You know, we work in an organization where there's lots of brainstorming and things, and sometimes introverts are very, very quiet. It's not that they don't have great ideas. It's just it's going to take them a while to process. So no extrovert, as you're extroverting out loud, you think out loud by talking, they process on the inside. I watch my daughter do this yep. consistently. I watch myself do this consistently. So just know if introverts are quiet, Extroverts, we've got to know that they're processing on the inside, which, by the way, is really to our advantage and to theirs because they're not, you know, stumbling all over themselves. And there. when yeah. they finally do, when they finally do speak, it's it's been thought out. So right. it's almost like when they do open their mouth, it's like pay attention because yeah, it's probably so awesome. Afton, pay attention, please. Are we talking about you uh, or uh, just just okay? We'll move. <laughs> on. We'll move. On. <laughs> So they may not respond right away, you know, so you start the conversation knowing that they may need to come back later to finish that conversation. Mm-hmm. They really do want to talk about themselves, but they may just need you to be a better listener. Mm-hmm. Right. So introverts can still talk about themselves, but they may, they're not going to fight for the floor. Mm-hmm. So as extroverts, we got to make sure that they know that when we talk, that we're going to listen to them. Um, That's great. Know that your introverted spouse needing some time to be by themselves is not a slam towards you. And you need to talk about when it's best for them to get some alone time and when you need to reconnect as a couple. I mean, CJ, you spoke to that perfectly. Thank you. Thank you. Probably because you thought about it for three days before we got here. I was waiting for your comment there. That's (laughs) right. Set and spike. Yeah, right? So that's that's important. Um, Many introverts don't mind talking about themselves. They just need some time to process, and often it takes an invitation. You're you're an introvert too, though, Afton. I can't be at times. That's true. If it's big information, I do need to walk away and analyze it before I can come back and have an opinion about it. But here, I pretty much have an opinion right away. Yeah. That that, that works out perfect for the podcast. We don't want any dead air, right, Afton? You and I will not allow it. Not allow it. Not going to allow it. Uh, Here's the other thing, and this has already been mentioned. Don't spring social surprises on your introverted spouse. Uh, Amen. You know, saying, hey, I invited somebody over. Dinner that could be a nightmare for people. We've already talked about that. Yep. And then, but sometimes they might just need to deal too, <laughs> right? I mean, let's be real. Things happen. Things come up. 
Yes, we're, ta- but we're talking about wheel. extroverts doing everything that you oh, can right, for your right, introvert. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to talk about what introverts need to do. Life happens, but these are these are guiding principles. After yes. okay. so this is how we Write can write these down. This is how extroverts can help their introverts. This here. is for oh. relationships, relationships, <laughs> not just Afton's world. <laughs> Worth other right. people in it. Oh, okay, here we go. All right, so we have to ask them. You're doing what's, great, Ted. Thank you. We have to ask them what situations and scenes do they dislike the most. So we have to figure out what are those times that are the most draining for you. We need to figure out: is it big gatherings? Is it medium-sized gatherings? Is it small gatherings? You know, for us, small gatherings are usually good. For Nancy, it's usually good. You get mediumish. She's a wreck. Large. Mm. I don't yeah, have to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, the large ones are the best because you can just disappear. You can just stand in a corner with totally. your face just right in the corner of the room. Yeah. No yeah. one will know nor care. So it's that fun and getting clarity on those kind of things. <laughs> Which is, I think, um, what you do during parties is just right. stand and stand. No, no, no. We corner. already established I'm the life at the party. Oh, the party remember? Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. So the other thing, extroverts, we can ask introverts when they're in those situations, like, what do you need from me? You know, is it just let me be? Is it, will you pull me into the conversation? Will you mm-hmm. let me stand by you? That's or do you want to stand by yourself? Yeah, like, go, what can I do for you here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. if it's like, look, I'm okay by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be just fine. Or if it's like, I'm panicking when I'm by myself. If I can just hang with you and let you kind of ride the thing, I'll smile and laugh and that, that'll be great. But it's mm-hmm. just, it's getting clarity on those things. Hudson yeah. says that every party he goes to, he looks for the pets. The first thing he does when he walks in the door is look for the pets. So maybe he. So I just know that's his tactic. Yeah, wow. You know, like if there's a dog there, I'm like, hey, guess what? They got a dog. It's really. When we get there, you'll be able to see the dog. So does Hudson just like not go to parties that don't have pets or. I mean, if he does, he'll either find, he'll find the pets or he'll find the bookcase. And then he'll act really interested in their bookcase. Like, oh, I just need to look through these and like kind of be by myself and just like look at these books. And if there's happens to be a picture of a pet on that bookcase, it's a real win-win. Even better. Okay. Yes. Sorry, we're derailing Great. you, Ted. No, no. It's just, no, this is exactly what we're doing here. And then finally, it's support who they are, but giving them time at the end of the day or whenever they need it the most. Mm. Like, when is that time? I know one of the best things that I could do for Amir, just especially when her kids were smaller, was to give her time by herself. Mm. I'll take the kids. You go take a bath. I'll take the kids. You lock the door. I'll slide a magazine under the door every 30 <laughs> right. minutes. Whatever whatever it needs. You know, three knocks me and bring me pantry. a Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah. Hide. She, you know that story of hiding the pantry, right? Maybe that's why I did. Yeah. We actually, have we talked about it. this on the yeah, podcast? Yeah. She used to hide in our pantry a lot when oh. the kids were small. And they would bang on the door, just a second. And she just, I just literally needed space. Physical space away. Yeah. yeah. And so she would stand in basically a closet to give herself some space because introverts, <laughs> they need it, right? So she was like surviving the only way she knows <laughs> oh how. My so again, it's celebrating them. It's understanding that. It's not taking it as a slam. It's it's when we don't look at these things with disdain, but with understanding. Cause, because what can feel more loving for an introvert to know that their extroverted spouse who doesn't get it mm-hmm. is carving out these times yeah. or it's protecting them and that's mm-hmm. got to feel really really great to go they they don't fully understand it but they celebrate it mm-hmm. right i mean i think that's the thing that, that i love ab- about my wife is how differently we are wired from her being so linear to me being adhd that she oh but that's what makes you creative oh or that's what makes you easy with people or yeah. that's what does this she fully doesn't get it 
herself, but mm-hmm. that, that's one of my favorite things about her is I feel like she celebrates things that she doesn't have or doesn't get. Yeah. Does that make yeah, sense? That's yeah. great. That's good. Yeah. Now, uh, we've talked through a lot of questions here, and I just want to say, hey, if you're driving in the car or working out or something like that, and you're trying to think through all of those really quickly, hey, we'll have all of these questions in the show notes for you. We're just having a conversation about them here, but you can go and actually recap all of these questions yourself uh, later on at yeah. marypeople.org. So do we want to shift gears yeah. and uh, talk about, hey, if you're if you're an introvert and you're married to an extroverted spouse, hey, this is what you need to be thinking through, asking yourself, asking your spouse. Ted, ready, set, go. Here, let's, let's flip the tables. All right, we just flipped them. Here we go. Your extroverted spouse processes issues and problems by talking them out, allowing them and giving them time to do that is a gift for them. You know, my poor wife, God bless her soul. She has to, you know, has to listen to me process. Mm. People at work have to listen to me process. I watch my daughter do the same thing, which is making me want to process on the inside because I'm watching, you know, everything's like, I can't find my phone. I think my phone is locked. I'm going to the restroom now. I need to change my shirt. I'm like, all those things could have happened indoors, not outdoors. And, you know, and and so she adores her mom, but her poor mom does not get it. And so she tries to celebrate her, but she, She's the 13-year-old version of me, <laughs> and so uh, slash a 13-year-old girl. And so right. it was. Uh, so it's that thing of just going, hey, they're just processing out loud. I don't need to, you know, we say this a lot on here. I don't need to fix this. I just need to feel this and be there. Mm-hmm. So I'll give them that space is a gift for them. And don't feel like you've got to fix it when they're saying things like, you know, what because with the introvert, typically will be like, Am I supposed to be fixing this? What am I doing with this information? Because yeah. no one would be talking out loud. Yeah, because an introvert, important. an introvert thinks, well, hey, I'm only going to share something if I want someone to respond to it and help me with it. You know, because like otherwise, if I was going to just deal with this myself, I'll just keep it in my head. Yeah, but an extrovert is just like verbally processing. And doesn't expect you to actually necessarily necessarily do anything with it all the time. Yeah, I feel the most sorry for this situation, being an extrovert, mirror to introvert. Like I feel sorry for her you that feel she sorry has to. For me? I feel well. I feel I feel sorry for myself. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I feel sorry for her yeah, yeah. that she has to to deal with all that mm-hmm. chatter and all that processing. Like I'm going, oh, that's got to be really, really hard. But I appreciate that part of her. And introverts, since you tend to keep things more to yourself, check yourself for being passive aggressive. Because a lot of times intro, introverts can be a little passive aggressive. Uh, not me, for sure. No, me no, for no, sure, no. though. <laughs> no, I'm that kidding. Must no, be I, I, resonate, I, I resonate with that. Because there's some of the extroverts that are already they're talking it all out loud. It's all out there, and in extroverts, we got to be really careful that we're careful that mm-hmm. how we're processing things. But for introverts, they don't get it processed, so it'll pop up in these little snide ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hudson always says to me, when I hear you say no three times in a row, I know that it, you're having like a passive aggressive moment. Because I'll be like, no, 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 no. You sit down. You sit down. You had a long <laughs> no, day. No no no, 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 no. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. No, 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 no. If the octaves go up, you know they're lying. No, it's fine. Yep. That's good. That's good. Another thing introverts can do is to ask their extroverted spouse, where's your favorite place to get a people fix? Like, where is that place? Because it's not just people for extroverts. It's it's the right people. Sometimes it's just people. Uh, like, <laughs> That's true. Yes. I've yeah, I've got family that's like that. They just want to be around people. My brother's the most extroverted human I've ever seen. We just went on a trip. He loves talking to people in the airport. He loves people <laughs> inside him at restaurants. Mm-hmm. He'll get in these big long conversations. So he gets so much energy from people. But to ask your spouse, where is that for you? 
because sometimes life doesn't allow everything we want. So if we can say, oh, I really enjoy it when we go to a party or we go to a neighborhood function or when we hang out with the neighbors or we invite your parents over or my parents over. I love that. Yeah. So it's finding out what that is so you can help them create that place. Ask them what people give them the most energy. Like it's not just the place, but it's the it's the people. What, who are those people that are going to give you the most energy? And what are the times that you want me to be with you the most? Because as an introvert, you can tend to go, you know, I really don't need to be around you all the time. I can. Right. Really, it's okay to be by my, by yeah. myself. If you don't ask me, I probably won't. Ask them when do you need me the most? Is it is it at dinner at night? Do I want you. To, to be when we're with the family, it's just all five of us. For us, it's like it's the five of us together. We want each other to be present with our kids. Yeah. That's good because I think sometimes as introverts, we forget that uh, what that that we fill up our spouse, or and we have mm-hmm. the potential to fill up our spouse. Like you know, our spouses, you know, an extroverted spouse loves people, and that means they love hanging out with you. And mm-hmm. sometimes I think we just assume that oh, we're just we're hanging out in separate rooms, or we're you know, we're watching Netflix or I'm going to get home a little bit late. And when I'm doing some of those things or I'm missing out on those moments to get home early and start mm. hanging out with her to fill her up, I am, I'm, yeah, uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm not filling her up. Does, does that make yeah. sense? Um, so I think it's, it's not just me getting home late and now we're relaxing late. It's like, okay, now I'm just not, you know, giving her what she needs as an extrovert. Right. And what makes it so tough in this situation is an introvert has used all their words, mm-hmm. right? Extroverted spouse is waiting mm-hmm. for introvert to get home because you're going to energy and they walk through the door and they don't have any energy. The number one time couples are fighting is when they reconnect at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I think it's this misalignment of what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I get to see you, but yet you don't want to be with me and you mm-hmm. don't, you don't have, I mean, that's short. a real, that's a tension Terry and I wrestle with and you know, have always wrestled with to an extent. This podcast has definitely helped, you know, make some of those walk in the door moments better with some various little tips here and there that we've talked about. But yeah, this is always a, I'm drained. She's ready to get filled up. Right. Uh, and that's a, it's a, it's something to navigate and, and figure out. Right. Right. And the final one on this one is the key for, for both uh, is to work together to not use your extrovert or your introvert personality to give you an excuse to do things um, that can just cause division. Mm-hmm. Like you can't say, you know, I don't really want to be around your family because I'm, an introvert. I, I'm introverted. Mm-hmm. That's good. Or, or I really don't care, you know, if during family time, if we the neighbor kids are over or our friends come over during that. I know that you want it just to be the family, but I want it to be every. I'm an extrovert, and that's just how I'm wired. So we have to be really careful not to do that. And that's the thing I love about this. And that's the thing I hope we always do on the podcast is say, here's something you, the listener, can do for your marriage. Because so many times in marriage space, we start with, as a couple, you need to go do the following. Mm-hmm. As a, we got to partner up and make this plan. I think what healthy marriages are made up of people who have individuals that say, this is what I can do. Mm-hmm. Here's what you can do. So uh, whoever's listening right now to think, what can you do as an introvert for your extroverted spouse? Because not that this will manipulate them into reciprocating, but at mm-hmm. the same time, 
we tend to want to love back those that are loving us. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's good just because it is easy to almost have that perspective that your spouse is using their introvertedness or extrovertedness as a weapon against you. And I feel like I could hear a listener saying, why would I do that when they're, why would I do that? Why, mm -hmm. why would we, uh, I, why would I defend them, you know, when I'm at my parents' house? Because he's, he is going off the deep end, you know, mm -hmm. or being too quiet, or he is always pulling away, that kind of a thing. It's just a good reminder that, hey, you, sometimes you have to make that first move and you have to start, you know, making that step forward and valuing your spouse's introvertedness or extrovertedness. And you can't wait for them to fix, you know, what's going on with their introvertedness mm. or extrovertedness before you start valuing it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think that's the, you know, that's the key to this thing too, is what we can learn from each other. You know, like you said earlier, the most time opposites attract. I think, a lot of times that is the case. And what can we learn from each other? So for introverts, you know, they can teach us extroverts to think before we speak, you know, to calm down and mm -hmm. just enjoy just a night together. Like if they can slow your words down, you know, Nancy's way more introverted. So she, she has way less regret of things that she shared with our kids because her word economy <laughs> is so much better than mine. Yeah. Right. And so we That's can good. learn to calm down, to think, to process. That's what extroverts can learn from introverts. Um, extroverts can teach introverts that a social life is important to everybody. I mean, we were meant to live in community. And I think, you know, just enjoy that your spouse, you know, doesn't mind being the social director. Like mm -hmm. we do need to be in community and introverts do need their time along. That's great. But we weren't made to live in isolation. So mm -hmm. if you're an introvert, you know, your spouse is pulling you in with people and people are, people are good for us, right? I, I have to have a social life? A little bit of one. And okay. you do good. Okay. You do good, okay. CJ. Okay. You're here today. Okay. That's a step. Better, but it's oh, one of the 12 yeah, steps of introverts. You're, you have to be a podcast host. Actually, <laughs> right. you're, two, you're on this, two different podcasts. Right. So. This is, yeah, this is overachiever. This is, uh, introverts. Yeah, this is uh, Dream. a growing, growing <laughs> situation. Now, okay. So again, like I said before, that, that was a lot of material and a lot of questions. We'll have all of these questions in the show notes at marypeople.org if you want to do a deep dive into this. But hey, Ted, so we always like to boil this down though to, to something that's very simple. So like we covered a lot, but let's boil it down to something manageable for all of us to, to do this week. So what would be your one simple thing that introverts and extroverts can do this week? Well, in a very basic sense, some people just need to figure out which category they're in and which category their spouse is in. Mm -hmm. So just understanding those things is really powerful for a lot of people, maybe for the first time to go, wow, this finally makes sense that they're getting all this energy from people or they get all this energy from being by themselves. So that's a healthy thing. If you already know what category you fall into and what category they fall into, ask them the question, what's the good and the bad parts of falling into that category? Like mm -hmm. what, if you're an introvert, what's great about being an introvert? Or if you're an extrovert, what's great about being an extrovert? So you start having those conversations. And to me, it's just this map of knowing how to love each other. John Gottman calls it, you know, a love map that healthy marriages, that we have this map, that we have this list, this mental list, sometimes physical list of things that our spouse loves and mm -hmm. what gives them life and what gives them energy. So this is a key part of this for a lot of our relationships. And so this is such an important, important thing that spouses should absolutely know about each other. Yeah, that's great. So to recap, find out, what, figure out what category you're in and which category your spouse is in. Don't forget that ambivert is also a category there. And then 
then if you already know that one, hey, you know, next time you, you two are hanging out or ne- your next day night, ask your spouse, hey, what are the good parts and the bad parts about falling into the introvert category or the extrovert category for you? Because you might be surprised at what you learn. Because yeah. it's really hard to be really popular when you're an extrovert <laughs> and it's just really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of autographs to sign. <laughs> <Yeah>. So many autographs. <laughs> Thanks for that. I know that you had to, that was personal for you to it share. Was. After I know. You know that I would like to be transparent. That kind of though. transparency is what what the what? people want. I, I, so I know. I know that that's a challenge for you. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, but seriously, this has been a really great conversation, a really kind of foundational episode uh, for us here. And, uh, and I think it was a great one. So thank you for joining us for listening to the Married People podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. That review will help us reach more people with future episodes. And if you want more marriage resources, be sure to check out our website at marriedpeople.org. That's also where you, where you will find the show notes for this episode and all the material and the questions that Ted shared earlier. Until next time, I'm CJ. I'm Afton. I'm Ted. And thank you for listening. Thank you.